1: original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX X podcast. The guys at Superstore, they're a passionate team. They speak moto. From talking about going riding bench racing from their latest company ride to the latest parts and gear, they've got it for you. Uh, Motorcycle Superstore Suzuki team with top Jimmy Albertson. Kyle Cunningham, third place at that uh, edge of summer race. He just uh, got on the podium. And uh, and uh, lots more going on with the folks at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. All the latest parts and brands and tires and accessories and apparel, they've got it. Over 700 trusted brands. Do you speak moto? Because the guys at Superstore do. Motorcyclesuperstore.com. If you go there and you order some stuff, and then you punch in the code PB, like peanut butter, dash pulp 16, uh, you will save on checkout just uh, from listening to this podcast. You can save at Motorcyclesuperstore.com. And presented by... Uh, Fox Racing, Foxhead.com, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear. Kenny Roxen, Ryan Dungey, just some of the guys that wear Fox. The pro circuit guys, they wear Fox. Uh, like I said, go to your local dealer to get some Fox gear. Or uh, if your local, local dealer doesn't carry Fox gear, go to a new dealer because they should carry some Fox gear. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it. this is the. USGPs, plural, wrap-up, uh, Charlotte and uh, Glenn Helen, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what happened, what we saw, what went down, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything else. Uh, so with my buddy, the RacerX online editor, the voice of American motocross, the voice of endurocross, the voice of GNCCS, the voice of quad racing, Jason Wygan, What's up, Weege? Yeah. What's happening? I
1: had a race in Charlotte. This is a revolutionary yeah. in, in so many ways. Yeah, um, yeah. There was and in a race in Southern California, Glen Helen, revolutionary.
2: <laughs> very, very odd, very strange. The know, place, yeah, um, uh, yeah. It was. Uh, you know, I just got back from it, and uh, we saw some great racing. Eli Tomac, uh, one, 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 and the second Moto Glen Helen was something else. But I'm, I'm not going into the. I'm not going into the look, man. The Americans are so much better. I'm not going there, Weej. If you want this podcast to be bragging about cooper webb's ride at charlotte and i'm going to start you know bragging about eli tomac's ride at glen Hill. i'm not doing it
1: No, nah, man i just actually finished writing a column which will be probably posted on the website around the same time this podcast gets posted which is tuesday afternoon here and uh yeah you can't we have too much data that the gap is down to nothing between all riders in all nations to think that two usgps is like uh Kicking off the revolution. I mean, honestly, yeah, Tomax Rod was incredible. That was a throwback. Um, you know, that was 1980s. The American beat, like, yeah, fastest Americans could beat any of the Europeans level. Uh, but, It's not like that anymore. We know it. And, uh, you know, don't get cocky because the Nations is coming up, and it could all be turned the other way. Maybe America wins, but maybe they don't, which is the point you and I keep making. It's just really close these days most of the time, and one race is going to change that.
3: Yeah,
2: go to Europe. Those guys are really good on those tracks, and they know it. And then come to America, and our guys are really good on those tracks. And and Hurlings went 1-1. He beat Forkner. He beat J-Mart. And I don't want to say it was easy, but... Kinda, and you know so yeah. whatever, yeah. Like, and then uh, you know Cooper Webb blew by everybody in that second moto in Charlotte, and you know great work by him. So um, I can't I can't get dragged into that, and we're not going to on this podcast. So
1: no, no, it's just too it's just too close. Um, now now hold on, while I we keep... going to get off the topic quickly, but I, <laughs> I do feel like this column I just wrote today is if you really start looking back at the the years and say the you know eighties and the early nineties when America won everything, man. They yeah. outcast Trampus Parker was going over and winning Grand Prix titles. Like he, he, was, getting hey, out of hand. he was a practice,
2: he was a practice bike mechanic for Billy Lyles. <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> I'll just go out and win a world title of my own real quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just not going to be like that. I don't believe ever again. And what confused me the first time when, when the Americans got their asses whipped at Lommel a couple years ago, and it was like, what, what's up with this? Like, they won their first donations on that very same track. Like, why would it matter? Mm-hmm. The only thing I can come up with is that there was a time where the gap was so huge between the American guys, be it RJ or Stanton or Ward or Glover, Bailey, Hannah, whatever, that maybe they would be at somewhat of a disadvantage racing in Europe, but they were so far ahead that it wasn't enough to lose, you know? Well,
2: no, um, no I don't. I don't necessarily go with that because in 78, I think. Hannah went over. The Stefano went over. Maybe Pomeroy not and they're eight,
1: bro. I'm not talking seventy eight. I'm well, talking eighty eight.
2: No, but I'm saying Lomo was eighty one. The win in Lomo was eighty one, right? Yeah. So what I'm yeah. saying is like two in seventy eight, the best Americans went over and they got whooped. Okay. And yep. to me, that makes the eighty one win so amazing. So amazing. It wasn't even America's best motocrossers. You know, Barnett no, wasn't was, Barnett wasn't on the team. Hannah wasn't on the team. Um, Glover wasn't on the team. Uh,
1: you know, Powerton. Right. I think what, but I think what that actually underlines is how quickly. Like, if you could have a dyno chart, it would be like you know a one twenty five, and the power valve really open. You know, in in eighty one, suddenly it wasn't like some fluke win. They won both weekends over there, and then they won for the next thirteen years, and then. The next year, two Americans win world titles, and then it just was like anywhere they go, they're just going to dominate everything all the time. Right. Yeah. It was like, it flipped so hard, yeah. so fast. And I just feel like, because now, okay, RV goes and races the GPs last year, and they're like, well, you don't understand. It's so different. The tracks are different. The food's different. And I'm like, well, I don't know. They threw Mike Kudrowski and Jeff Stanton on the team in 1989, and it didn't stop them one bit. I'm or, sure they had different weather, food, culture tracks, too, and um, they just dominated anyway. You
2: know, Mickey Diamond I takes they a w- were so far ahead, yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah, Mickey, one, Diamond, one. Mickey Diamond takes a weekend off and goes to Brazil and just goes 1-1. One, one.
1: like Exactly. You know, right. Exactly. So I think it was like he put a number on it. It was like the Americans were 10% ahead, so maybe they go to another country and they're only 5% ahead, but they still win. Right. And now... The cap is down to basically even Stevens. I mean, I don't think if you just send Telmac over to some random GP in Europe this year, he just smokes Geyser every time, does he?
2: Yeah, no, no, I don't think he does. Absolutely not. Um, right. And, and we've seen it. Yeah. So. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, so there's no, we cannot go there. We absolutely cannot go there and be like Telmack won, so this proves. What?
2: Really anything. Uh, what I'm interested in though is, so you've never been at Motocross Nations outside of America. You've never, you've never seen this current crop of GP riders at all. We saw Caroli, obviously in Colorado and buds, but you know, you've never seen guys. you yeah. never seen Fabra, never seen hurlings even, I don't think. Um, nope. and so you never seen it, never been to a GP before, uh, a regular old GP. So I'm interested in getting your takes a little bit cause I've been to a bunch. And, uh, even despite everybody thinking I hating GPs, I actually really, I like GPs. Um, uh, I just don't like when people are forced to race them, but, uh, that's another story. Um, Right off the top, though, let's talk about those wash bays. What would you think?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know what? I have to give it a a neutral there because they were racing at the dirt track in Charlotte. Like, it has paved pits and real parking. Like, it's an actual facility. So it's really hard to pull apart what was, you know, motocross being put into an actual, Mm -hmm. you know, set-up facility and what was the GP's infrastructure. So I can't. Now, do they have wash bays at Glen Helen? Oh, of course. Well, see, then there—that's that's a massive difference. But everything in Charlotte was different from any motocross race, so it was really hard to tell what was GPS and what right. was the facility. So they had wash bays at Glen
2: Helen. That was great. It was fantastic. What pits.
1: do they look like? What are they? Oh, they are. Where are they? What do they do?
2: They're over by the uh, entrance when you drive in. They are a little bit ways, a little bit of a hike, but uh, yeah, they're beautiful. They're set up. The pits are great. You're walking around. You don't got to worry about stepping in mud. Nothing like that. It's awesome. It's fantastic.
1: Yep. So now, I believe you did get some intel because we do have some connection to people that uh, run motocross races here in the U.S. as to why <laughs> wash bays aren't an easy.
2: We do, system. yeah, yeah. I I got a reason why, and I, I don't I don't care. I'm still going to hammer it. It doesn't matter. But but it, the reason does make sense. Uh, we've been told that the teams have told MX Sports that they can't have wash bays. They don't want wash bays because they have no time in between the motos to. You know, run over to the wash bays. It doesn't, it takes too long. And so they can't be away from their precious trucks for too long. And I, to that I say a ride to and from the wash bay is probably one minute tops. So they're basically saying that the teams are saying we don't have a one minute extra. And that I don't believe. That I do not
1: believe. Well, it's two, it's a round trip. It's a round trip.
2: I'm saying thirty Two seconds minutes. each way. No, I'm saying thirty seconds
1: each oh, way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think because you're riding a bike, you're not walking say, it. Do you have? I think if you ask them, do you have one minute to spare? They would say, no, we literally don't.
2: I don't care. I don't want to hear it because you got to remember th- these guys drive the bike over. They ride the bike over. They don't push it. You know.
1: So. Um, oh yeah, that's really not taking. Right. So it's basically just the difference between your truck in the middle of the pits and getting to the end of the pits.
2: Yes, exactly. So do I they don't
1: ride it after they wash it.
2: Uh, yeah, I think so.
1: So they hop on a wet bike.
2: Yeah? Yeah, they're mechanics, bro. They're American heroes. They're fun.
1: Um, okay, um, so... that's one of the... We're going to get into a million differences, but I will say one of the most startling differences that I noted was the schedule is so relaxed. There's so much dead time, and I didn't even get to experience the two-day format because it got rained out. That's
2: true. You didn't. Yeah, well... been
1: trying to somewhat make up for lost time, I was like... What are we waiting for? <laughs> between motos, between practices, there's just tons of time.
2: Right. No two day format. It it harkens back to the time of uh, American motocross where there was a ton of time on Saturday. We had we had two practices. Sometimes there was um, um, amateur racing going on, and sometimes we were sitting around as a mechanic waiting and waiting and waiting um, for a practice for a practice to happen, and then you had to work on the bike after. It's too long, man. Like the, Tomac told me, he didn't like it. Tomac said it was just like, "Come on, man! Like, okay, we did our two practices on Saturday. Wait, we got a race. You know, another hour, an hour and a half. We got to get on the line and race." I don't. I mean, it's some of the European rounds they need the two days because they have EMX classes up the up the uh, up the butthole. They have EMX yeah. two fifty, EMX one twenty five, EMX MX two, EMX whatever. Um, right. So they it's, almost need the two honest. for for two days, but it's. I don't like it. It's too much. Let's get let's, let's wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah, even Hurlings uh, said that he would prefer the one-day format. Um, yeah. No, He's that okay. does the two-day format all the time. I agree. Uh, he said it in the press conference. But um, Saturday was I mean, just thing, like,
2: Saturday yeah. was you were just, at Glen Helen, you were just, yeah. I mean, it was great for growing down, which I'm good at, but yeah.
1: What if he could do a bottom-line show, though?
2: Oh, maybe we should bring back the two days
1: was good for the bottom Maybe line.
2: Maybe so we, we should.
1: For our particular line of work, the two-day format was great because you had media, bro-down, video, interview time. Yeah. Uh, where there is – I mean, these nationals are so packed. There is no time. Right. And that's what I kept – I'll give you an idea of how relaxed the schedule was in Charlotte. Um, I had my family with me, and I was only going to have them for the half day. So they were there. We watched first practice. I had to walk into to the parking lot, drive, leave the facility – Drive. We parked like two cars in one parking lot. I drove like ten minutes away, mm-hmm. got my car, drove back, sent them home. I came in. I was panicking, and I'm like, "What happened? What happened? What did I miss? What did I miss?" And show, people showing me times, and I'm like, "No, the other practice. I already saw those times. I missed nothing." <laughs> like <laughs> forty five minutes went by, and there was just nothing. Like at the right. Nationals, what's the? It's probably about four minutes. Like one practice session ends. Yeah. Next guys are out. Yeah. No. It, uh, it, and between motos, just tons of time.
2: Yeah. Um, what would you think of the Charlotte track? And I, and I I tweeted this out. Like we, I would call Elsinore a man made track, you know, basically. And um, Salt Lake City, of course, no one has liked them. No one has had fun. No, we had paved pits. We had washrooms and everything in Salt Lake City. Couldn't stop the complaining. And I don't. And that might that might just be though like dirt quality because when you watch Switzerland and you watch Assen. And even Charlotte, although I'll get into that, it does seem like those guys do a better job of building that stuff.
1: Uh, I think, yeah, it definitely didn't help um, Elsinore and Utah. Yeah, it was like the worst-case scenario of having the flat track, and then they didn't have good dirt to offer. You know, no. They both were out in the desert, so they did everything they could. I mean, they put so much water and brought in so much mulch and so much tilling, it didn't matter. I mean, Elsinore... Yeah, and it was it just so slippery and just messy, and so that that was like the worst case scenario. It's like yeah, if you I and mean, if you think about Southwick, right? Southwick is not huge in the amount of space it takes up. No, and it has some ups and downs. has and elevation change, but it's not Unadillo or Glen Helen when it comes to elevation change, right? No, but no one says that Southwick sucks or isn't real motocross because it's got sand right so it gets bumps and it gets berms yeah. and it looks cool yeah. Yeah. so that's the thing with Aspen like Aspen wasn't a massive old school motocross track and it didn't have hills but it had gnarly rough sand so it looked awesome and no one complained Charlotte's dirt uh, I guess was better than Utah and uh Elsinore but it wasn't great um, I guess as far as those Mad May tracks go maybe I could say it's the best attempt I've seen at it, but dude, they're all compromises. Yeah. And I, what I'm shocked at is nobody complained. I mean, they really got off. They get a get out of jail, get out of jail free card. I feel like the fans are always, you know, they always want it rough or gnarly or hotter. Bob Hannah, two 45 minute motos, mm. you now pacing himself, six inches of travel. That's what the fans want, right? Yeah. I, I didn't catch any, did you catch any flack of people saying that this ain't a real motocross track? This ain't real.
2: I didn't um, hear that. Yeah, I don't know. I talked to almost everybody at Glen Helen uh, and I said, Did you listen to the Post race pods I did? No. Okay, yeah, I, I asked them no. all, like, what do you think? Because you couldn't get more traditional moto from Glen Helen to more man made moto at Charlotte. It wasn't possible. Yeah. It's not it's not possible. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. What what do you think? What do you prefer? And it was kind of split down the middle, like Caroli's like, I think Charlotte's the future. You know, you can't lose the tracks that um that you, you know, that are great motocross, but Charlotte Tracks facilities are the future. And Paul Inn's like, oh, Glen Helen so much better, you know? So it was really split. I felt like the guys were just like, yeah, like, whatever, you know? Um, I thought Charlotte Track on TV, on my computer, I didn't like it. I thought, I mean, obviously, they had that one section that was so fast. And then you had, you know, tight, just turn to turn, just go, you know, turn, stop, turn, go. Just go super fast, turn, 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 super fast, turn, you know? I don't know. I I didn't like it. I thought, you know, Phil didn't like it, but that doesn't mean anything.
1: (laughs) I'm surprised. Right. Phil's the only one. I feel like everybody kind of tried to do the right thing and, and, and not complain. And I have to say that I'm sure if you really put the polygraph test to people and ask them what they thought of the Utah National they probably trash it also. But I feel like for the most part, the riders try to be diplomatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't hear anyone going nutso, saying that they hated it, but I'm sure they actually did. Um, you, but Okay, it, go, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. The, the, the issue, it's always an issue with these things. It's nothing to do with the track builders. I'm not blaming. I think Mark Peters actually had a hand in the Charlotte thing. I'm not blaming them. It's just, it is what it is when you get a motocross track mm-hmm. on a flat piece of ground. And here's the problem, and you see it, by the way, at the Monster Energy Cup, now, there's a solution to this. It's called Supercross. You have gnarly <laughs> obstacles and gnarly whoops yeah. and bolt turns. You can block paths. And now, although people oddly make fun of Supercross tracks for being, you know, not creative and not offering separation and all that, well, first of all, that's because everybody has ghost software and they're all good riders and they have GPS on their helmets and they just know what line to take. You can't build a Supercross track with eight lines and eight options. It's not possible. But, man, when you get to the oh, sorry, Monster Energy Cup, for this race in Charlotte, and you don't have whoops, and the obstacles are a little bit tamed down, you don't see passing. You don't see racing. It just, you need to have gnarly supercross whoops and obstacles or a gnarly rough-ass motocross track if you want to see passes. Yeah. That's the bottom line.
2: Yeah, I mean, 12 guys in MX2 were in the same second, I think, in Charlotte. It was
1: insane. Yes, and I cannot believe that Eli Tomac wheeled away like he did in the first moto. And I cannot believe Webb came from as far back as he did in his no. second moto. No, how
2: Webb ride was amazing. I don't amazing. know how
1: it's possible. I mean, yeah, you can't reference. I hate when people do this. You, riders will say a track's hard to pass on, and one dude will have a come-from-behind ride, and they'll be like, well, nobody told him it was hard to pass on. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. As always, you take your one example, and I'll talk, take everyone else who could do nothing. Yeah, I mean, there were parades. They just stayed behind each other. Yeah. Oh. Uh Every other guy, the entire moto.
2: So do you see a future in American motocross with a Charlotte track? Or did MX Sports get burned so bad online and so bad with the teams and so bad on Twitter and whatever else they monitor um, that they'll never go back to something like
1: Charlotte? No, they're not going to go back. And here's the, here's, the, here's the fundamental difference. Here's the massive difference between you uh, doing a survey after the race of what the GP guys thought and then saying Charlotte is the future, we already have races with good facilities in the United States. It's called Supercross. It's already here. So I don't believe any American rider or fan or whatever can go to a place like Charlotte and say, oh, my God, they can say this is nice, (laughs) or they might say this is nicer than national. Right, right. But they've gone to dirt bike races, big-time dirt bike races, that have hotels nearby and restaurants nearby and paved pits. We do it 17 times a year. That's the I'm difference. Just that's asking, I'm just asking.
2: I'm just asking. What's that? I'm just asking. You exploded on me a little bit. I'm just sorry.
1: Well, I'm just surprised when, like, but these- there's this huge element that's missing. Like, you have to put Supercross into the equation. It's always this... GPs versus Nationals, Nationals versus GPs, man-made motocross tracks versus traditional motocross tracks. And I'm like, wait, wait, the mix doesn't include Supercross. Supercross is the spoon and the bowl. Like, Supercross is the <laughs> sure. spoon. So right. I saw Jean-Michel Bale. I never talked to him before. Uh, like, oh,
2: how, for, okay, wait, we got to stop. We'll stop talking about this. How was what? being around JMB? Like, I'm honestly, I'm still a kid a little bit around JMB. He's so yeah. mysterious. He's so like... Treasured for what he did, and um, even like in Italy, he told he told somebody, "This guy," and he hit me on the shoulder. This guy knows everything, and my Whoa. wife, my wife was like, "I've never seen you happier." I'm like, "Did you hear that? Whoa. Did you hear that?" But anyway, so before we get back to that, how was JMB?
1: Well, that was. I mean, I had a ball at this race. I had the best time. I mean, I know I now sound like I'm sliding off on the track, but the event was awesome. I had a great time. There were so many people that I wanted to meet or hadn't seen in the longest time. Uh, you know, for the social aspect it was great. I mean, I would love I would love to go to a GP in Europe. This isn't out of choice. This is just me trying to not get divorced. Right. Uh or having paying gigs that I would not allow to leave. You know, I can't skip a national to go to uh Italy or whatever like you did. I have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um no, oh, I'd love to go. It was awesome from that perspective. But what surprised me, I only talked to J&B for 30 seconds. He, I don't what? think, had any idea who I was.
2: That's it? That's all you talked um, to him for?
1: I saw him walking back to the pit side. I just said, hey, I've always wanted to meet you. My name's Jason. And he said, you know, he shook my hand. He had nothing more to say.
2: You didn't say, uh, like, like, like what about... Congratulations just...
1: on uh, Geiser. And he's like, thank you. I'm like, this is only your second year doing this. Look at how well it turned out. He said, thank you. And then I said, so what did you think of the event? What did you think of the track? And he said and this is the point I'm trying to make, Okay, is like it was amazing to have a motocross race with these kind of facilities. I mean, look at this. This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, well... We see it all the time. If you want to use the word motocross, correct. <laughs> I mean, you raced 18 rounds of this in a stadium. <laughs> in, a stadium. Race with, in a stadium. With jumps, right. With paved parking <laughs> and restaurants nearby and hotels. like. And I think the reason this is sticking in my cross so much is because... They had the press conference back in January about this and it was a good move. They, they did it during the NASCAR media week and you know, most of the NASCAR reporters came. Mm-hmm. They were announcing big changes to the drag racing TV package and this new race. So it was good information for the motorsports reporters to have. And they kept saying that like, we've never had motocross close to a city. We've never had motocross with hotels right down the road. And the reporters were eating it up. And I'm like, <laughs> but they're missing one element it's called supercross. There's one that's going to happen this very weekend right now <laughs> right <laughs> so the only reason I'm the yeah. reason I'm saying that, you know what actually I, I, you're I absolutely right
2: yeah you're right and i don't really i never really put it together you're
1: but you're bringing nobody is right <laughs> nobody's putting it together so i understand if you're caroli and you don't have supercross of course this is awesome. Right. I, I, I get that. I understand if you're any of the GP guys, I would be all over it. I would love to have half and half or yeah. some company. you want to have some old school tracks. Sh- I would love to have a couple of these yeah. if I were those guys. There's but a shopping mall. You have to realize that it's because they don't get supercrossed.
2: We can go buy jeans and come back for for the first moto, you know?
1: Got a lot of break time built in. <laughs> so your original question was, would you see this in American motocross? And it's like, well, why would there need to be that, that need is already being fulfilled. Why, why even? Why would you need to do more of it?
2: Uh, yeah, no, you're so, right. Apologize for the, the dogs difference. barking in the background. By the way, can you hear, can you hear those lovely dogs?
1: Uh, there's some. There's one way to handle that.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. So. So really, I can't really bring up the JMB thing. You only had a 30 second conversation with the man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to meet uh, Caroli, but he was under the weather, so it's just a real yeah. quick handshake. I'm actually, I guess, lucky that he didn't catch anything <laughs> exactly. from that. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry about the rant. Like, I thought the race was great. Like, I had an awesome time. Um, I mean, it helped that it was local, so there were a lot of people that I knew, and and I didn't have to do TV, so I was just kind of hanging out. Right. And by and large, as I wrote about last week, and you experienced it too, as much as people want to make it one side against another, I'm sure you experienced the same thing. When the European riders or the other European media people, besides your buddy Jeff Meyer, like, they're pumped to see you. Like, it's a friendly, fun yeah, conversation absolutely. to catch yeah. up with these
2: people. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, they are. And, I've, yeah. I, you know, at this point, I've been going over so many times. I've, I have a lot of friends on. Wayne, uh, Wayne, Hurling's mechanic, good friend of mine. I've seen him at so many races now. We, we chat all the time. All the European media guys, uh, no problem. Roger yep. Harvey at Honda. I, I talk to him all the time when I'm there. Um, yeah, it's uh, the Antonio. Uh, I, I always find time for him. And Jill. And, and, yeah, they're like real friends, you know. And, uh and yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's great. They're just like us, um, you know, as far as I think they're stoked to come over, you know? So, um,
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's just the, the Charlotte thing is the unfortunate conundrum that all motocross races have. If you upgrade the facilities, you don't have the best track. I mean, yep. you can either have Millville, Minnesota, or New Berlin, New York, or, or you can have this. It's just six of one, half a dozen of the other. I mean, and um, it's just you're not going to unfortunately have the ultimate where you'd have that facility and Spring Creek. There's just, what did, uh, there's just no way to do it.
2: They never really showed the crowd at Charlotte, but when Webb was coming through the pack, I'm like, Whoa, there's some serious people there because it sounded loud when, when the hometown hero was ripping through the pack. What did you think? What did you think of the crowd?
1: Yeah, I actually did think the crowd was pretty good. Um, you know, the Friday thing I'm sure did not help. You know, the rain, as they always say, rain before the event is worse than rain during as far as your crowd count. And that was epic rain on Friday and I'll tell you how big the crowd was. It actually surprised me because at, I think the racing started at 5.15. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 4.30, I watched practice and rode down to the pits, and I'm like, oh, I just remembered I have to actually, like, go to a press room, and I'm going to have to start covering this when the races start. I'm going to start <laughs> typing things on my computer. Where do I even go? Yeah. So I'm running, 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 running. The media center was far away. It was on the drag strip. And I'm running in there, and I'm typing, and I'm grabbing photos, and I'm barely getting things done, and I'm sprinting back out to the track like a minute before the gate drops. And they give me a photo vest. This is something I've also learned. The non-litigious European society, they just, like, hand me a photo vest, and here are the rules. Are you ready? Don't cross the track. Yeah. No. Uh, that was I get extent of the safety rules. That was my safety meeting. Don't cross the track.
2: My buddy Adam Wheeler. Gets, yeah. My buddy Adam Wheeler gets me photo vests of acid nations and GPS, and yeah, they are glorious. They
1: are glorious. They do yep. not care. No. Yeah, it was Wheeler's advice. Wheeler brought me over, and he's like, yep. "Can you give him a photo vest and race Rick? And they just hand it to me. Anyway, um, so I'm out on the track just before the gate drops. Forkner and AC lead coming around the first turn. And I hear this roar, and I look back, and I'm like, where did these people come from? I swear, an hour ago, (laughs) there was nobody here. Yeah, It was legit loud. And then when Fortner and Webb were 1-2 at the end of the first lap, or when AC crashed, the crowd reaction was, uh, I mean, good for, unfortunately, on AC's part, it was a groan, not a cheer. But they were loud, man. Uh, I was impressed. I did not think, I mean, we know that these USGPs don't usually bring in that much of a crowd. Mm Mm-hmm. And we had the rain issue on Friday. I it was, I don't know what the number was, but it was. Bit, I thought it'd be a ghost town, and it was actually pretty solid. So um, kudos to them.
2: The thing I did hear about Charlotte was the fans were too far away. Like you had the the, the drag strip, the the fence, the barbed wire fence, and the stands. Like it just for car racing, people were pretty far yeah. away from able to. You know, part of the, the the coolness of Motocross Nationals are the dudes hanging over the fence, right, and getting getting right. pelted with roost. That's hard to do at Charlotte.
1: Yeah, it definitely did not have that uh, element to it. I mean, in Aston, they were literally right yep. up against the wall. Yep, uh, It didn't quite work that way in Charlotte. But what it did have going for it, though, if you went to the top of the grandstands, you mm-hmm. can see the entire track. Yep, And obviously, you can see the whole track of the Supercross. But this was maybe, I don't know, 30% larger. Mm-hmm. So it really was a cool look and a cool view and kind of a view I'd never seen before. Even the Utah or Elsinore, it wasn't like you had anything, a view like right. that. So um, it was just, it looked great. It was great to hang out, but the track just wasn't the best for racing. And it's just, I don't know how you solve that. No, Except I, saying, we're yeah. going to have some of one and some of the other.
2: Yeah, really, you just set your bike up and know that this is ahead of time and this is what we're doing and deal with it, right? I mean, that's yeah, kind of... Um, yeah. Yeah, the Glen Helen race, the press release says 27,000 people. And, like, I get it. I get it. Like, Feld pumps up their numbers. I'm sure MX Sports does. People pump up their numbers. They want to be the pretty girl and look at us. But it is so ballsy to say there's 27,000 people at Glen Helen. I mean, honestly, okay, so the GPs were here in, like, 2009, 2010, and it was really bad. Like, I would – I would struggle to say there was a thousand people at those races. It was that bad. A uh, thousand. A thousand, dude. I don't think there was even wow. a thousand. But wow. since they came back a couple years ago, or has it been just two years? Or has it been three? I don't know. It's uh, the, I think that's the second. Second. Yeah. Crowd's good. Crowd's yeah. a much, much, much better than it was. Um, mm-hmm. But to say 27,000 is just simply insane. It's, I mean,. Oh i don't even know how you do that, but anyways i think and I think Charlotte was different because it's in it's in the city and it's close by and and it's close by, and you uh maybe have a real
1: novelty a bit of newness yeah novelty.
2: yeah, novelty, a bit of yeah. newness. the Southern California yeah. fans though, like I just think american fans and i I run into this all the time, American fans care about American racing and You can take that however you want. That's the truth, though. And so you're not going to get these dudes um, out to these GPS. I don't think it wasn't bad. Tennis wasn't bad. It was decent, but it was no twenty-seven thousand. That's for sure.
1: No, I didn't. The only only thing I could judge by at all was um, you know watching the watching the TV show and the the internet coverage. You could see that the first turn, the fence on the inside of the first turn, right next to the start. Yeah, they were piled up one deep against the fence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not normal. I then mean, I, I uh, talked to some people yesterday about other things. Like I talked to Langston, who went. Langston said, it was awesome. It was like a big race that nobody else knew about, so I could go where I wanted. He's like, anywhere I wanted to go, any fence, I could just walk right up to it. Yeah, yeah. I could walk around. No one was in my way. He's like, it was cool racing, and... A lot of cool riders and great stuff, and I didn't have to deal with anyone being in my way and blocking my view at all.
2: Yeah, no, you could leave any time. Traffic was light, so um, but that but, was
1: the other thing. Lots I just the jokes yeah, about uh, traffic. Yeah,
2: I just think I just yeah. think American fans, you know, don't they don't care about Hurlings and Caroli and Geyser, and they should, and it's awesome. These dudes, these dudes are incredible riders, but you're not going to get the attendance. You're just not. Um, but twenty seven thousand. I mean, come on, God, oh, this don't. makes me laugh. I just I just
1: can't believe it. But. Yeah, yeah, it's just unbelievable you um, even and and Saturday's Saturday like didn't even have a crowd, I guess. No,
2: no, no, no. I think being at Glen Helen for 2 days and being at, and watching Charlotte. I think you even though Okay, the Tomac Moto 2 was phenomenal. That was the best individual ride of the two out of the two weekends. I think that I think that tops Webs because for one, the the, the MX2 was not as deep. You had 24 entries at Charlotte. So and it was the same in Glen Helen. So Webb's ride was amazing, but to me, Tomax was 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 better. But besides Tomax Moto, I think overall Charlotte had better racing. Not better passing, not anything like that, but better racing.
1: Glen Helen, yeah, this is I want to get your take on on this. Uh Charlotte had a real um, kind of like buzz to it, like electricity to it. Again, mm-hmm. I think it was the novelty. The night the night it race out brilliantly too. Yeah. that you had uh, Americans winning and in contention to win. I mean, Barsha actually got second in the first motor in Tomac and Forkner webb led a lot of the first. Uh, the, the fans got what they wanted to see, which was the American dudes up front. And it was new, and it was a novelty, and uh, markets they hadn't raced in in a long time, so it had all that. What I was asking you, I think, was what was the buzz? It seemed like there wasn't buzz at Glen Helen. No. It wasn't like, oh, man, no. I'm so glad I'm here.
2: No, no Gotta buzz. Here. No buzz. No bus. Right. I said it perfectly to somebody. Somebody said to me, "Like, why are they holding the motocross to nations here next year?" Oh. And I said, "Because of that." And I pointed to the track. I said, "Not because of this." And I would did like a circle with my hand, meaning <laughs> SoCal and heat and pits and desert. You know what I mean? And and amenities and all. like the Glen Helen track is pretty epic, except when Jody yep. goes crazy with supercross obstacles. Uh, and a big, giant 180-foot step-up that you're hitting at 74 miles per hour. But he wasn't in charge of the track. The GP guys were, and they did a nice job, I thought. Um, made it just enough where, you know, Eli had that big triple-triple, but it was pretty pretty safe, and you can go outside and do it and everything else. But I thought it was a, it was better than when Jody does the national track. So that track was the reason why they're going there. But Buzz, no. No, there really wasn't Buzz. Uh, you remember, too, though, we, you were under the lights, which is always different. It's just a different feel. Yep.
1: Yeah, it, it did. You I know? mean, the two years we even had it at Colorado, it, it did have a festival, carnival-like uh, atmosphere. Yep, yep. It does make a difference. Great point. Did you? So what he, I'm getting at, okay, to go, go further now, Tomex, yeah, I know you're saying the, the racing itself at Glen Helen wasn't awesome, however, Tomax Charge, especially that second motor Oh, it's phenomenal! Unbelievable. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, did that? I mean, there was There was not. There, there were some people there. I mean, were they getting pumped up? Like, was it like, oh my god, that we just witnessed something unbelievable, or was it like mm, all the GP dudes were like, no, the last race, I mean, we're hot. We don't even care. Go ahead. No,
2: win. no, you could follow him with people cheering. You know what I mean? You could follow him, and he, mm-hmm. you know, I was in the pit lane. I, I watched the race from three different spots. Ironically, thank you, Monster, for. uh, for the hospitality, oh. but, um, 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 you could see Eli was coming from the crowd, from the cheers. So there are people into it, yeah. just not very many, you know? Um, and that second moto ride, I wish everybody could have saw that. It was, it was amazing. Um, but it wasn't, yeah, there wasn't a lot of buzz, you know, it just wasn't, uh, yeah, it was hot. It was dusty. It's Glen Helen, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Just,
1: and what about, uh, the performance, you know, Caroli and, and Geyser were up front, so that even made it more, I mean, if you want to put it on paper and say, it was perfect because it won two guys and the points were the guys he had to eventually catch and beat, but were they, were they into it or were they like, well, it's their last race of the year, nothing's on the line, and it's hot as balls
2: well that's just it, like I think there was some of that with some dudes, you know, I really do um guys are just right. like uh it 's eighteen races for them, and yeah they don 't do well with heat. they always say that, all of them are like, yeah we don't have this in europe, we just don't have it um so yeah i, I think there was some of that, you know what I mean, but on the other hand, like Eli was on another level i can 't make any i can't make any excuses for the European riders. they got beat um but i don't i it did it have a, it had a feeling, and I thought just like last year too. It had a feeling of Steel City, where I would go to Steel City as a mechanic or whatever, and I'd be sitting there, and I'm, everyone's like, okay, let's get it over with. You know, let's get this thing over with. And um, yeah, so um, that's all. Um, yeah. but, but having said that, like, you know, Eli was going to win that motto anyways, whether those guys were going 100% or not. He was that good. So I'm not, you know, I'm not making excuses for those dudes, but. Um,
1: it's definitely ammo that can be used, you know, the, the fires that will never. Burn out, you know, the American riders versus the GP guys, and who's better. I mean, that's a significant um, mm. log, but they're on fire. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, for sure. I, I was kind of just kind of watching. I'm like, I don't think you're seeing the best of Corollian guys are here for sure. But I mean, he wasn't even to watch it on TV. He's just not even in it for the first 15 minutes. You just never even see him. He's so far
2: back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah. it was
1: on TV practically live, but, I, you know, it's a little bit ahead reading Twitter, and I'm like, yeah. I don't get this. How is he going to win this race? How right. is this possible? Yeah. Um, and it was like two seconds of lap or something. So it's definitely something that people can use for their arguments.
2: Uh, we'll be right back here on the uh, Motorcycle Superstore Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Use the code PB-Pulp16 when you're checking out MotorcycleSuperstore.com, Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from uh, Race Tech Suspension and Michelin Star Cross 5, brand new tire out from the folks at Michelin, and uh, if you use the code PulpMex16 on, um, on uh, Racetech.com, you can save money with those guys for some suspension services, and we'll be right back to wrap up the uh, USGP's talk with uh, Jason Wygant. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Racing Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp X show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and the Motorcycle Superstore. They're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride, To the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands and gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there. they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-Pulp16 to uh, 10% off participating brands. pb pulp 16 Saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and Motorcyclesuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. <music> Michelin tires are back, people. Michelinmotorcycle.com, Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what?
0: No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And What's cool about this tire is even from the previous version of the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. And it's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So telling me the comfort
2: casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires.
0: Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner, and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites. But yet straight line, you have
2: Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, Um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, You found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually.
0: Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best. So, mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage. And normally, you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit. But this, uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better. For me, you know, putting these on.
2: Four versions of this tire—they cover all the uses. Key for reduced weight, comfort, casing technology, mounting, traction, handling—they do it all. Starcross Five, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer, people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. everybody we're back. MotorcycleSuperstore.com, dot com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Jason Wygant and I, Steve Mathis, discussing the uh, USGPS. Um, we did you? I found it funny, like the the media, the US media guys, and this is this is a general statement, not specific. You know, not everybody, but I felt like these guys were. Like, practically falling over themselves to talk about Hurlings, to talk to Hurlings, to run over it and discuss with Hurlings. I think they all felt like he was the devil or something. And then they found out he's just this dude who's, like, a normal guy. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's cool. I don't know. I felt like over the years this thing has been, this Hurlings thing has been built up. And he's done some questionable things and said some questionable things. There's no doubt. But in the end, like, he's a good dude. Like, whatever, you know. Um, Did you get a sense of that in Charlotte? Uh, guilty. <laughs> so you were one of those guys.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really. I, I've never been one to side with the celebrity or athlete who's like, people only get a glimpse. They don't understand. You don't know what he's been through. All those things that we slag off on. Yeah. But I do have to say that it appears that he's a bit misunderstood because the only stuff that reaches this part of the ocean is the extreme stuff, right? The the Facebook rant right, or right, yelling yeah. and he's going to fight Arno Tonus or whatever the heck is right. going on there. Um and, and to make it even worse, I think, on him, I, I think there's a cultural divide in that I think their language in general is just much more direct and much more profane. Yep, yeah, yeah. So it makes him seem even angrier than he probably intends to be. It's just kind of the way that some different languages are. And then even when the English, when they speak English, it still comes out. So... Yeah, and then okay, you got to explain this. So I don't get to see or hear the TV interviews when you're there. Did he say jet lag or make excuses or something like that?
2: Yeah, I didn't. After? I didn't like that, and I was fighting with people on Twitter about it. Um, he he won the first moto, like awesome. He's a great rider. He's a terrific rider. He's amazing. So he won the first oh, moto, and it was straight up. I mean, he passed yeah, yeah. 11, He left. Them. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Up. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, awesome. And um, so he won the first moto. The second moto, he gets past. Uh, he got third, right? Yeah, Forkner beat him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he got third. So yep. he got third, and you know he did break his collarbone a while ago, and so he is coming back from injury. So he goes, the the announcer kind of set him up like, you know, you've had some, you've had some time off the bike or whatever, and instead of him saying, you know, yeah, but I got beat, like, uh, you know, Cooper's great and those guys are great, like he goes. Yeah. Yeah. I broke my collarbone. I've been off the bike for five weeks. I haven't had much time on the motorcycle and the jet lag traveling over here. And I'm really tired. And, you know, no excuses. He literally made four or five excuses and then said no excuses. Um, and, And like I was saying, like, those are perfectly valid reasons. But they're excuses, they're reasons why, i.e., an excuse on why you got beat. So, and that's cool if you want to drop all that because it's all true. But then don't follow it up with no excuses because that's exactly what you, you know, it's all valid, you know. But don't, just don't. I, I, struck me as funny. I'm just like, oh, this guy. And I would say that whether it was an American guy or whatever, it was, it sounded funny to me. Just like, blah, blah 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 blah. No excuses. Well, that's
1: uh, well, yeah, it's definitely not just the Hurlings thing. I mean, no, no. It, it went around for two weeks when Roxanne mentioned it's it. Yeah. It was like right. literally was two weeks' worth of conversation. Mm-hmm. Should he or should he not have yeah. gone there? Okay, so I have already what I know of Hurlings, which is like, he's this gnarly dude that talks shit on everybody. <laughs> and then he uh, finishes third in the moto, and then I see you on Twitter and other people battling. And it wasn't just you. I heard someone say, sometimes I love Hurlings, and sometimes he makes me so mad. Like, So I'm like, whatever he said in this interview got people riled up. Um, So then they have the press conference, and he was the most jovial, Mm -hmm. uh, praising Webb, praising the Americans. He could not have been cooler, nicer, more complimentary. And I was like, wow, well that wasn't at all what I expected. I mean, Mm -hmm. he said... But to be totally honest, Cooper was just faster in that moto. These guys are so fast at the beginning of the races. They try so hard. They're so much more serious yeah. about training and testing. We're, we're just out there having fun. It was a huge compliment, and he literally did not make excuses. Yeah, okay. He well, mentioned those yeah. two things, but then he said, but it's not like that would have made me win today. I, Cooper was faster.
2: Yeah, he didn't say that in a post-race thing at all. Like, And that's fine. Yeah,
3: you know,
1: but. yeah well, I think I even heard from uh, – our buddy Bruce Sternstrom over there at Kawasaki, that uh, he, Oops. as he rode past the Cowie truck, he gestured over to Fortner, He was pissed off about getting cut off on the start. So I think there's just like a five minutes after the race, rage pissed Could off be. Him, yep. yep. His real deal. Right. You know? um, so I was super impressed. I'm like, this guy's cool. This guy's funny. He was nice. He didn't talk any trash at all. And then I wanted, as he left the room, they kind of get shuffled away like, they're, like mm-hmm. they're real celebrities. Like, do not talk to them when they were done on stage. So I ran out in the hallway just because I wanted to, like, say hi, and then he actually did recognize me, so we talked for 30 seconds, and he seemed cool. And I, just like the rest of these guys, I was smitten. I'm like, I want more from this <laughs> He He's outspoken. He seemed cool. He probably hasn't. You know, we've interviewed these same riders 29 times a year. Yeah. It would be nice to get some new perspective here. And the Euros are generally more outspoken and honest yeah. anyway, so you well, know you're going to get good stuff.
2: That's what I, My next topic was going to be, like, you know, hopefully the USA guys don't listen to this podcast, but honestly, the Euro GPS and I've got a lot of experience there. I, I, I'm not—I guess this is bragging, and now I'm going to pull a hurling. It's not not to brag, but let me brag. I mean, I, I've been to more destinations and GPS than any American media guy in the last ten years. Would you agree with that? I mean, I have.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, the facts. I'll give you that.
2: Yeah, and so I've talked to these guys. I have become friends with them. I know them. I, I hang out with the team guys a little bit. Um, these dudes are way more accessible. And they make way less excuses. I'm sorry, they do. I know we just talked about Hurlings in that one interview, but then the American Riders, the superstars of the sport, the Caroli, the Geyser. I don't know Hurlings that well. I've spoken to him here and there. Um, You know, Josh Coppins when he uh, raced. Everett's. These guys are... I don't... Yeah, I mean, they're... (laughs) How do I say I it? I've, well, I've talked about this quite a bit. It's how not do I say it? Thing.
1: I've, I've, I've learned, I've talked to as many people as possible. One of the guys I even went to was uh, Chris Johnham, who's now the head of the PR firm, who yeah. does Honda's uh, PR here. Mm-hmm. But he used to work for us. He was he headed up our role, road, road Racer X Magazine, and then eventually became Ducati's PR guy and Nicky Hayden's PR guy at MotoGP. So we've had a lot of back and forth on the European press and MotoGP press and mm-hmm. press here and... Uh, I think a lot of it we just realized is somewhat, I think it's two things. Some of it is cultural, kind of like I said about hurlings. Some of their native languages, I think they just are more blunt. Mm-hmm. You which know. uh, Second of all, it goes back to what hurling said about how serious the racing here is. He's like, here it's like they'd rather shoot you. Uh, to win a race, and they won't talk to you in the line. You know everybody hates everybody. Yeah, I think they're they're just they don't act like they're under this microscope where I can't ever 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 let someone think I got beat. And I know exactly what you're saying. So Caroli in the press conference, he said, "I was not as fast as Tomac today." Yeah, he said it. He yeah. actually said those words. Yeah, no,
2: he said it to me. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: He told you that too. When in the entire season. <laughs> A <laughs> racing and this is caroli this isn't no i i, I don't want to we will use phil because phil's the guy that got all mad because he was singled out uh by by dean wilson right
2: right yes I'm yes i'm right, like
1: yeah. i'm just saying like we know there are certain tiers of guys like i don't want to name names are going to get super pissed off but we know there's certain guys that are good solid top 10 guys but probably aren't going to win yeah but you still will not hear them say, "I am not as fast." No, as no,
2: you will not. No, no, you do no. not hear that. No. And but you're
1: eight-time world champion.
2: Yeah. No, you these know, guys no are. Worries. They're they're straight up to deal with. Yeah, and you can go talk to them, and they 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 do make comments about how the Americans are all big and serious, and you know, and everything else, and. and uh and, yeah, they, they've they told me that, you know, and they're just like, I don't understand these guys. They're in their motorhomes. They don't come out. They, you know, they, you, you can't get them to do things, everything else like that. I'm like, yeah, I don't know either. I don't know if it starts at Loretta's where you're building goggles for 10-year-olds and giving 10-year-olds, you know, all the gear <laughs> in the world. Like, I don't know if that's where it starts, you know, and these guys get that sense of entitlement. But Caroli and, and these dudes, they're just like, yeah, it happens. I got beat, you know. I had a good time, though. Everything's good, you know. So, I don't Man, know. I was
1: hanging out with uh, David Bailey last week and bench racing with him about some of this stuff. I don't think it starts at Loretta's, because Bailey's talking about like literally like 1986 here. Yeah. And he said, you know, he won that epic Anaheim one over RJ. Thought he had it. Mm-hmm. And then RJ started beating him. And then he said during main events, when he was getting beat, he would have to figure out a way to explain it, to not let RJ think he was getting in his head and beating him. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're kidding me. During the race. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I had to come up with an excuse. Like, I could not say that he was better than me. I could not give him that. Yeah. So this is just. A cultural thing. Again, this that is, yeah. seriousness that Hurling is talking about or right. whatever. But right. I, they can't do it.
2: I thought it was funny. I'm, I'm just like, look at these look at these media guys. They're just talking about Hurlings. Hurling said this. I saw Hurlings. He said, I'm just like, wow, guys. He was okay, all right. Um, yeah, just I was gl-
1: guilty as charged, and then <laughs> then it dawned on me I had this light bulb go off. Where I'm like, wait, Hurling is going to be in California. We've got to get him. So, you right. know, I talked to the K-10 people, and they kind of gave me a schedule, and I sicked new Kyle out on him to get an interview for the website because I just thought between the outspokenness and that this isn't a guy that we've interviewed a thousand times with right, like everybody right. else, I was I was white on rice. Yeah, like, I was telling it. I wanted to go to dinner with him. I wanted to make him breakfast. <laughs> well, like, you know what? Maybe I, I shouldn't.
2: Maybe I shouldn't, uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't complain because that's me with GMB. JMB is probably so tired of me talking to him. He's probably like, not this guy again. <laughs> and I'm like, tell me about Bradshaw. Tell me about Chicken. You know? I'm just, I mean, he was just such a mysterious figure, right? Um, I wasn't yeah. even that big of a fan when he raced of JMB. I liked Bradshaw. But as I got older, I'm like, wow. That's gnarly, you know? And uh, and now he's there. Now he's around. And I see him at Lil, and he chills out. So, um,
1: anyways. Do you know that Bradshaw was also in Charlotte? And it dawned on me that I think at one point I saw them standing within about 30 feet of each other. I mean, really? does that
2: ever happen? I forgot. Yeah, Bradshaw's doing something for Dirt Rider Magazine, and he's he rode Barsha's bike, right, the next day?
1: Yeah. So I was talking to Bradshaw, um, like, on the side of the starting line, and I saw j and like, congregating around there, and I'm like, when was the last time these guys have been on the same piece of property?
2: Yeah, but remember that interview I did with Bradshaw Bale like, a few years ago? He said, Bradshaw, I do not like Bradshaw. I did not like Damon. I, d- I did not like Damon. Um,
1: so I don't know if that would work yeah, out. Yeah, I wasn't calling them over and be like, hey, can I get a picture <laughs> of you two together? No. I do not like Damon. But
2: Dan Bentley, the Honda team manager, he did not like JMB in the Stanton days. No one got along. All the mechanics hate each other. All the riders hate each other back in the day. So they're in the truck together. And of course, me being me, I'm like, "Look what we got here: JMB and Stanton, Dan. What's up, no. guys? Yeah, you know, how I, yeah, you know how I do it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so. um, that's amazing. Right? And did they, they bo- laugh. No, they laugh. They were talking. They talk. They talk now. So okay. they, yeah, they're good. Okay. Um, but it's <laughs> hilarious to me that that works out. Oh, hey. So I want to touch on. And I touched on this yesterday on the Pulp Show, and I kind of, I kind of got some, uh, some, f- some uh, blowback on my opinion from from Bowers here, who was up here for the show. Um, I really thought like, okay, Hurlings was the best guy at Glen Helen in MX2. There's no doubt. But I was impressed with J Mart. I felt like J Mart was like, oh, Forkner, oh, you won some motos and you won an overall. Oh, how cute. Oh, you should have. Forkner, oh Forkner! You should have went one-one at Charlotte. I mean, he could have, right? Austin Forkner very well could have went one-one in Charlotte. Give me,
1: give me. Oh the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. matter. I mean, again, partially, I think the track. It was like anybody's. Those guys. I just want to mention though. Those three were so far ahead of fourth place. Oh yeah, no, s-
2: same thing in. Um, well, Forkner crashed out in the second moto, but same thing at Glen Helen. The depth is is not good. There's twenty twenty four guys on the line. You know, it's not good.
1: Well, Seaver gave uh, j Mart a run for a little while, right? He did.
2: Ah, yeah. uh, you know what? He stayed close. You're right. I, uh, okay. So here's yeah. here's my point. Like J Mart, I don't know how much time he has on the bike. He told me September first, which I thought was hilarious. Other people said he's been on yeah. a little while. Uh, other people said yeah. he was really hurt. I don't really can't really get to the bottom of the the, the equation. But regardless. First race in um, you know a month for J Mart, maybe longer, on a brand new bike, and I felt like J Mart was like, oh, that's cute, Austin, check me out, and he was better than Forkner, and I was impressed. I'm like, that's good. And I didn't get so much from the other guys, I guess, because he didn't beat Hurlings, but I thought J Mart also like Tomac, you know, shined, and I thought I thought J Mart shined too.
1: Uh, I went to the I was at the Geico uh, shop yesterday. Uh, I wanted to talk to j Mark, but he's already back in Minnesota. But I went by the shop anyway and uh, talked to LaRocco, which I know sounds like an oxymoron. I talked to LaRocco. But uh, you know how LaRocco is? If you're not interviewing him, mm-hmm. there's not a recorder or a camera, he's actually great.
2: No, he's funny. He's really funny, too. Yeah. yeah he's
1: good. Yeah, yeah. It was great. But anyway, while I was there, I just was asking around. Everybody's like, oh, how was the weekend and everything? I mean... Unless they've rehearsed this really well, and I just kind of popped in, so I don't think they were ready for me to show up. Right. And they all seem to think that J-Mark was not very prepared, like hadn't ridden much, hadn't been training. Um, right. I talked to Jeremy a little bit last week, and he said, yeah, I literally was just sitting down drinking beer, like I finally had my chance to kind of recover and heal up from his, or recover from his illness and whatnot. So I don't think he had done much prep. Right. right. Um, so and, they were pumped on the 2-2.
2: Yeah, and it showed late in the Moto too, you know, both Motos. Um... But I thought it was good. I thought Jmart mart was like, oh, yeah, cute, Faulkner. I'm still the man. Or I will be a man, you know? That's all.
1: Uh, I, I think it's tough for um, – there's just so much of that us versus them thing. I think it's just tough for most of the Americans to see herling just walk away and go 1-1 and then anyone be pumped on anything else. Like, <laughs> either, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I think it's like if J-Mart doesn't beat him, <laughs> it's just like, no, he's, I can't say that was good. He's terrible,
2: right. Um yeah. And Caroli, I I enjoyed Caroli telling me how he was pooping his pants, and he was super sick, and he could barely hang on, and he had to go to the toilet, and he was sick, 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 but yet he still beat Phil. But he still beat Phil.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, that was one of the few things left uh, to watch in the final moto. I mean, they had a battle in both. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was great. I got to go on that legendary, you know, the VIP box over the mechanics area. Mm-hmm. And uh, watching Caroli closing in, and then the epic Phil versus Antonio battle. I mean, it was it was so good to watch.
2: Uh, so yeah. Phil Phil couldn't beat a guy who basically was pooping his pants. That's that's what we we all thought. That was pretty good. So, um,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: but the yeah, classic. um, so there will be Charlotte. Charlotte will be back next year, right? That's all locked in stone.
1: I think so. I can't even remember now. I think they already released a preliminary yeah, I think schedule. they did. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, they did. They put on the schedule Glenn Helen won't be having a GP, but that's because of the designation. So. Um.
1: It's definitely, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, back in January when they announced the event for the press conference, I got to even talk to Giuseppe Luongo himself, and I said, Do you know if this is a long term plan? And he said, We won't know, yes or no, until Sunday morning when we count the tickets, when we see if fans actually came.
2: Well, twenty-seven thousand were at Glen Helen, apparently. So,
1: well, yeah. I mean, they they should have a GPN donation there if they're <laughs> pulling in. Uh, but uh, obviously, they decided long before they sold the tickets for Charlotte that it was worthy of coming back, and I think it definitely is. I mean, it was not by any means a failure, like in any in any way you want to measure it. It was a solid yep. event. Yeah. So, I guess the real question from here on out is, like, does the novelty wear off and it? Gets less cool, or is it like the buzz makes people that were on the fence show up? I mean, it had a phenomenal help that Cooper Webb. It just worked out great that he's from North Carolina and he wanted to race it, and then he went against Hurling and he actually beat him. I mean, that was you might not get that perfect storm again.
2: You should um, you should ask some speedway people what they thought. I mean, obviously, look, they had this empty track and they probably made a few bucks that they wouldn't have made, but yeah. I wonder what they thought of it. Is it worth their time? You know, I mean, I have no doubt the GP people bent over in terms of what their sanctioning fees are. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I'm sure they gave them a break on that. They just wanted to get in. But I wonder, I wonder what the Speedway people thought. Like, hey, like this was. Well, you know.
1: I, they were all. They all seemed in a very, very, very good mood throughout. But I think it's too early to judge. As in. You know, they could easily be like, we're just getting started and this thing's going to be the biggest thing ever. I'm not sure that that's necessarily what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of these one-off events, they have like a, it's almost like a pattern to it. Like, this industry, super raised eyebrows throughout. Yeah. Luckily, Monster forced enough dudes to race where it, got them out there anyway. Yeah. Then things usually catch on for a little bit, and then they kind of get stale. Um, it's kind of a pattern for almost any one of these yeah. Types of things. Uh, and they got to reinvent themselves. I mean, the U.S. Open had to become Monster Energy Cup. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah. think you can really judge uh, now. Maybe after the third year or so, mm-hmm. you can really determine. And I know you're going to hate this, but if Tomac had not been forced to race, if Tomac did not go to these two races, think about what they would have really been like. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, if you're Monster, it absolutely made the event. I mean, Cooper Webb in North Carolina was, again, the perfect storm, and that worked out great. But if you did not have Tomac at either of these races, I, it would just, I can't put a number on how much worse the event would have been, but well, man, was that a difference maker.
2: Well, let, let's not send him to Motocross the nations. There's no way Monster ever thought Tomac would have the balls to be like, oh, you're going to make me race the two USGPs? All right, watch this. They probably th- in their in their meetings they were like, "Hey, we're going to make him race these two GPs, and then for sure he's going to the U.S. He's going to go to Motocross Nations because he doesn't want the the, the negative PR. He's going to be forced to do it like in honor of his country." And Tomac was like, "Oh yeah, no, I don't." Boom. So Ooh, you think it was like a calculated gamble? I do, I do, and I think they were like, yeah. "Oh shit, look at tomax there." And I 100 percent agree with what Tomac's doing. It sucks that he's not going to Motocross Nations. It's a monster Motocross yeah. Nations. Let's not forget about that. So I don't really know. You know, it's not keeping the Eli away from another evil energy drink company. It's the Monster Motocross the Nations, but
1: you know. However, the Motocross the Nations is going to be huge and massive and successful with or without Tomac. Yes, I'm not, I'm true. Yes, kidding. true. Like, yeah, true. If you did not have Tomac, Glenn Helen. What would that have been like? I mean, well, there weren't any Americans left. At least Barsha was yeah. there for one moment, Charlie. Those, I mean, did
2: Barsha really hurt his Did Barsha really hurt his wrist, or was he over it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. He got a terrible start.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. Way
1: back. Yeah. We had a, me and uh, Wheeler. You know, I stood in the infield with Wheeler, our, our buddy there that covers the GPs. And it was really fascinating to go back and forth of like, here's what really goes on with this guy, and here's what really goes on with that guy. Right, It's great, right? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yep. So, in the first moto, uh, you know, Barchi had a pretty good start, and um, Van Horbeek was riding really well that weekend, and... uh Wheeler's like, you know the thing with Van Horbeek is that he kinda, he, he's just like steady-eddy guy. Like, wherever he is is where he finishes. You know, he doesn't do anything unbelievable, mm-hmm. but he doesn't crash out. So, like, this is what he does. Right. And I'm like, yes, but Barsha often gets really good starts, and then it's a matter of can he send the dudes off yeah. for the entire moto. And they kept getting closer and closer, and I'm like, what's going to happen is, Feb, is uh, Van Horbeek actually going to get by him, or is Barca yeah. actually help, like it was? These two is the irresistible force and the immovable <laughs> object, and they ended up battling it, as you would, like exactly the way they should.
2: If you're, if you're Mitch Payton and Adam Cincirillo, um, are you mad you racist event, or do you say, ah, shit happens? I could, I could have crashed in Claremont, Florida.
1: Uh, first of all, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. I mentioned it real quick at the beginning. That did put a huge black cloud over the event. Like people were bummed. Yeah. At that point, we had feared, everyone feared the worst. Yeah. Uh, you had that photo of him limping, limp, having his arm yanked over a concrete barrier. Yeah. To fix it, uh, the Cowie guys were being unbelievably coy. <laughs> Not coy, Gibbs, but. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's very strange. Like, talk to this guy. I don't know. Like, even Bruce, uh, who is about as outspoken as it gets. Oh, uh, you're going to talk to Mitch about that one. <laughs> I mean, nobody wanted to comment. I oh, talked to Mitch agree. this weekend. So,
2: like, he said we'll know more this week, but, you know.
1: Oh, well, that's, so that's not great.
2: No. Well, we, we're we on a group text with Adam, us two, probably breaking some journalistic boundaries, I would imagine. But uh, uh, yeah. he said he was fine. And we're like, come on, bro. <laughs>
1: I, I know. I, I mean, I could see why he would want to get the word out that he's fine, yeah. whether he is or isn't. Yeah.
2: But um, any, anyways, yeah, Anyway, so. it
1: really put a pall over the event. And poor right. Eric Bernard, who was the you know the kind of the guy who got this whole event started, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to throw up. <laughs> he was so. Oh wait, I'm like Eric, it worked out. It didn't rain. The track wasn't muddy. I can't believe it actually turned around. And he's like, but they see he was but, so. But
2: bad. hey, remember Eric brought him to Geneva. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. this is shoulders and Eric Pernard. They do not match AC shoulders and Eric. Not a good combo. Um, no. So, but but uh, you, anyway, you didn't answer my question.
1: I don't blame the event. Okay, I, I, I know your question. Same question. Do, do you blame it on the event? Yeah. If There's you're Mitch,
2: thing? if you're Mitch and Adam, are you pissed?
1: I I don't think so. I mean, yeah, dude. Whatever. This happens. This can happen at any uh, time. But. I do feel that the one thing, the fact that they had to race a GP and he got hurt, I don't know. I don't really buy into that, uh, like putting the blame on the event because of this. Mm-hmm. However, however, if, if this were a regular national and they had a first turn that was a flat track, dirt track first turn, <laughs> riders were telling me they were in fifth gear, yep. full throttle, as yep. fast as the bikes could go, yep. top speed. Yep. And he crashed at the end of that turn on concrete like dirt. Mm Hmm. You know there would have been people bitching that that's not safe.
2: Yes, absolutely. I did hear that that was sketchy. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have a section that's that fast, and then the guy crashes, and now he gets hurt because of it. So I'm not saying because he had to race a GP, but I am surprised that there wasn't any. Well, you shouldn't have sections like that.
3: Yeah.
2: Can we do something Um, about this or whatever? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, um, you know, we had some red flags and guys really get hurt in and it started in this whole conversation, and I don't think anyone has ever figured out the answer, like, was it too rutted, was it too fast, or was it too rough? You know what I mean? It goes back and forth, but it mm. at least became part of the conversation, like, is there possibly a link
2: yeah. to this? I, yeah, yeah, I agree, I mean, yeah.
1: Um. I don't feel the track took the blame like it normally would. I, I feel like the track was getting a free pass. Um, right. for the novelty of it all, and people were just trying to be nice.
2: Right, interesting, yeah. Um,
1: spe- that would have been a vital thread. If there was a Supercross track that was set up to go that fast, or a national, yeah, that was a vital thread for sure. Tracks too fast, yeah, track no, no. dangerous. Look I, what happened.
2: I've heard you can't have triples, whoops, or rhythm sections after a start of a Supercross, and I'm like, yeah. okay... What would you like?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. What can you do? There's not yeah, there. right. right, go have a go have a section without jumps and make them go even faster. There's yeah. no way to. And and also, I think all the riders knew that the track was virtually impossible to make passes on. Mm-hmm. So AC and Forkner were so close in practice. I mean, I know they're teammates, but they both want to win. Yeah, you're playing a game of chicken going into that first turn where yeah. you actually have to get on the brakes. Yeah, like. If the difference between me getting ahead of this guy now or starting second is massive. So I, you were daring the guys to go into that corner as hard as they did and, and look what happened. So I'm surprised there isn't any blame on that. Yeah. I don't I am never gonna I, subscribe to the you get you you should only race. If you ever race in one extra race beyond a point yeah, yeah. race, it's not worth the risk.
2: Right. Although I think Adam wins maybe the, the social media of the year where he had himself upside down and said America.
3: <laughs> it's <in his> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. To, to, to wrap this up, speaking of Koi, our friend Koi Gibbs, um, mm. vending hero, bo- vending booth hero, give me, give me some Koi nuggets from Charlotte. There had to have been some.
1: Uh, you know, it was uh, he was when I saw him, it was cool that the NASCAR race happened to be in South Carolina, so he was able to make his way up there. Uh huh. I, I mean, we only saw him, I think, at High Point. Yeah. In the last. Yeah. Six months or so, but every time I went in the rig, he was talking to McCarty, and I had my kid front and haywire, and they were of course making fun of him and making fun of his hair and making fun of my hair, <laughs> and uh, and then okay. Coy just kept making fun of his jeans, and I couldn't figure out. I'm like, is he making fun of his J E A J E A N S, or is he making fun of his making fun of his jeans? Right.
2: Yeah. G E N S. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, look at the jeans. Look at the jeans. And knowing point, maybe he was making fun of both.
2: Yeah, who knows? <laughs> He'll tell you he was making fun right. of both and he covered it he covered it with one fell swoop,
3: right?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm like, is he making fun of the genetic material he's getting from his father most likely, but he wouldn't fail to take a shot at <laughs> style or clothing either. Um so he didn't miss trick. As soon as I came in with a kid, it was instant. Yeah. Um, um, making fun of everything do, my kid could possibly
2: Do you do. uh do you feel Chad Reed uh being there helped? or hurt because he wasn't racing, he, he said he, he told me that he told the monster. And I find that hilarious. Like, he doesn't tell his team. He tells the energy drink company what he's doing. Anyways, he told monster, look, I'm not ready. I'm not going to do it. It's going to hurt all of us if I go out there. And they were like, cool. And he was like, you can find me if you want. That's what he told me. He said that you can find me if you want. So how was that? Having him there and all that, like, did did people care? I mean, I only saw my Glenn Helen for like thirty seconds. That was it.
1: Yeah, I hung out with him because my son loves him, so I had to get take away them and all this stuff. My son even had a oh, jersey on and everything. I can't,
2: I can't wait for the hard hitting Wygant piece on Chad Reed down the road.
1: Yeah, no, he's my guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, I think it was good, though, to actually bend fences, because, as you know, Chad was not afraid to
3: mm-hmm.
2: flag
1: off, in European terms, on the Nationals, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when he's flagging off on the Nationals and other people that uh, we work for, I mean, it's like the missiles are coming in and they're barely missing me, right? <laughs> like, you're almost caught in the shrapnel, or you think maybe they're even intended for you sometimes. <laughs> right.
2: I like that. You you know, you're when, you're but, Right, yeah.
1: Yeah, like when Cooper Webb was going off on Twitter, that's why I had to go and ask Cooper. I'm like, "Is this have anything to do with me or not? Because... Uh, it could easily go either way. <laughs> right. Uh, so I was glad to actually know, like, to me, it was good. Like, hey, Chad, you raised two GPs this summer. You did not raise the Nationals. I'm cool if you're cool. Are we cool? So to me, it was actually good just on that perspective. Yeah. I, he, um,
2: he still draws fans. People want to see him. They want to get his autograph without a doubt.
1: Well, I don't think in the end it had that dramatic of an impact uh, okay. either way. Because I think in the end, again, you had Tomac against the Euros – Tomat Marshall really against heroes, and you had Cooper Webb against Hurlings. I think that's all anybody needed. Everything else was maybe <laughs> a, a cherry on top, but the icing on the cake right. were those guys that were already battling. I mean, I don't think anyone – I mean, what did, what did people expect that Chad was going to do if he raced, right? No, I know. Yeah. yeah. To see him after, wow. but, I, So, no, I don't think it made uh, – okay. I don't think it hurt the event at all that he didn't compete. All right. But, well, again, if Monster had not forced Tomat to race, it would have made –
2: I don't care. A huge impact. I don't care. It's
1: terrible. It's yeah, a terrible I, I'm terrible decision. Okay. I I am just saying. I'm just saying.
2: Have your race. Hold it on its own. Whoever shows up shows up and we're all good. We're good. Yeah. Have your race. It's awesome. Guys are like just you know when Eli Tomac chooses to do a race in Charlotte or or Glen Helen instead of the Motocross nations that's that's broken. That's wrong. That's all my, that's all my point has ever been. That's it. It's 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 wrong.
1: Yes and i guess to take it far enough is to say yes monster forcing eli did help make these events better but i guess the original argument is do we need to have these events be better or be good or be just here at all
2: have them make them as they are that's it you know
1: i well, like like we just had 29 races we have to we have to have two others that have to be successful th- i think that's the the real question everyone is asking. If you get more Americans to race, there is no doubt it is going to make these USGPs more successful. But is there a need for that when they just race 29 times is the real question.
2: I mean, the 99 Buds Creek GP was, there was barely anybody there. And so something happened between the mid-80s, packed to the gills at Dilla, packed to the gills at uh, Carlsbad or wherever, you know, Something happened to the fans from that era to '99 to now.
1: Whatever it is, well, something happened. He did an excellent job of making this podcast go full circle. That's what I'm talking about. This huge acceleration in American skills, where they went from, "Oh my God, if they could maybe someday beat the Europeans, who are gods," to they beat them all the time. That's where we are now. Like the American fans. And even probably to some point, the American racers—I'm sure they respect. Like, I'm sure they think that Hurling's and Crowley and Geiser and Simber mm-hmm. are good riders. Yeah. But they're not going to drive eight hours and buy a ticket to see them. They feel like the yeah. The, the, their heroes are now Dunge or Tomac or, or Roxen, who or, now races over here.
2: Yeah, or the um, German, or the German, yeah, you know, or the French and Muscan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, 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 the guys race right here. That's that's the difference. American racing once it started to. Once the American racing started to win all the races everywhere and kind of establish superiority, I think it just washed away all the. I mean, I'm sure if you were a kid growing up in the 70s, if you were 10 years older than us, Roger DeCoster was the man, right? He was the man. Yeah. And if you knew once a year that you could potentially see him race in person, oh my God, you were going. Yeah. There's no way that American 14 year olds are feeling that way about Tim Geiser, it's just the way it is. Now they feel that way about Ryan Dungy.
2: Yeah, but having said that, to end it. The Europeans have now caught back up in motocross and are as fast as Americans, depending on the day, track yeah. conditions. Yes.
1: yeah, right. yeah. Right. No, no doubt. And that's why I said I think there's big respect. Like, I don't think people think they suck or anything. No. But they're just not the heroes anymore. Um, to be so good that you would be international, you know, overcome all the, he's not from my country and I can't see him all the time but I still like it more than everyone else. That that's takes a real special quality, which yeah means yeah. back then they had it, which was they kicked the American's ass all the time. So yeah. they had that. Yep.
2: Yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I mean, and we got to be careful how much we get into this because, I mean, it because people are so fired up.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Yeah. Motorcyclesuperstore.com, racerx podcast. Some good, honest USGPs talk with uh Jason Weigant, uh, again use the code when you check out at motorcyclesuperstore.com and Fox Racing. And uh, thanks, Weej, appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Yeah, I don't even know when I'll see you next. I don't even know. Um,
2: Monster Cup, or you got to go to AIM again? AIM, bro. Ugh, dude, all by
1: AIM. Uh, when's the last it's time you? 2017. What's that? 2017.
2: Oh, jeez. All right, see, you, man. <laughs> see ya. Later. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends, such as The Bad Boy Rick. Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my big, biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money.
0: The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine.